Throne Room Breakdown is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Kings have a couple of games at home coming up before their next uh, road trip, so if you want to try to get into Golden One Center and catch the Kings against Chris Paul and the Oklahoma City Thunder, or even if you dare check out the New York Knicks, game time is where you want to go to try to find those last-minute tickets. And I imagine for those Knicks tickets, those prices might really drop right before the game starts. <laughs> the Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Man, I can shoot the ball. I know I can shoot the ball. I'm not worried about what anybody says. Like, I'm a dog on the court. That's how I play. They play fast. They have three-point shooting. They're young. They're versatile. And that's how I want to play. That's how I think the game should be played. You know, this team is on the rise. The city's on the rise. You know, that's, that's exciting. You know, I'm getting chills talking about it. You are listening to Throne Room Breakdown with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway, only on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hello, everyone out there. I'm fresh off the airplane from Houston, Texas. This is Jason Jones. And this is... Kenny Carraway, Jason, I used to pray for times like this, to rhyme like this, so I had to grind like that, to shine like this. I told you, it ain't went two and two. I'm coming around the corner like Meek Mill, all right? That's what I'm doing right now. That was crazy. That was crazy. Two and two. Yeah, and they got the two games you probably figured they, they, they would lose. A hundred percent the two games that I thought they would lose. I was, I was I speaking mean. last Tuesday about how they were going to get banged out by the Rockets. Yeah, I mean, it's just so it was just weird because I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I'm like, especially the way they lost Friday, you know, you, you know, you're up by nine with a minute 50 to go and your veterans start turning the ball over and you get what four shots at the, to get the lead in the last 15 seconds. You can't make Trevor Ariza too wide open. I mean, just you. That was, I mean, that locker room was as deflated as I've, it's, it's been in a while after that game. That, that was tough to watch. That was, you know what I'm saying? And to just see guys like that, they, they had done a great job in that game on Friday, battling back, getting a sizable lead, and to see it evaporate like that, and then going to overtime. And what the, um, the Spurs, did they, did they make a field goal in overtime? Did they make one they field made goal one, in overtime? They made one, they made one field goal. And the rest were free throws. And the funny thing about that is, if I remember the last two-minute report correctly, on that one field goal, DeMar DeRozan traveled. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know, more last two-minute crying stuff. Right. But we can get, we'll, we'll get to the last two-minute report later because the King, Kings conspiracy people, you got to shut up now. Yeah, they, you they, got they over. You got. Yeah, you, you you got over on Luca. You know, you know, if the Kings, if if they won't give Luca a call. And the NBA loves Luka. <laughs> Clearly, there is no conspiracy against the Sacramento Kings. You know, because if that was the case, the Kings, Luka should have shot five free throws on that one play. But yeah. I well, digress. Well, speaking of Luka, I got a question for you, Jason. And and I've, I've got a little bit of a theory here. Number one, I like Luka a lot. Like, I like the dude. Like, I, he seems like a good dude. Obviously, he can ball. I've never heard a quote from him that I don't like or nothing like that. I, I, I like Luka. But I don't watch a whole lot of Mavericks basketball. I watch, you know, I don't watch a whole lot. Does he complain and cry as much as he did in that game all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he does. Wow. That, and I mean, I'm not, he was not doing this last. He was doing this last season too. I mean, once it became clear that he was like, you know, that he could play a little, mm. he wanted every call last season too. I remember, I uh, you know, you know, reading on Twitter because that's of course that's a great place to get your news from. Uh, it's but, the only place to get your news from. <laughs> someone was somebody was on there complaining, saying because it was like, it was like a Lakers match. They said, "Oh my God, Luca gets more calls than LeBron. What's going on?" And then they play another guy. Luca gets more calls than the war. You know, it was like everyone was just like Luca gets all the calls. But yeah, I really think on that last play with Luca, he had complained so much all night. Right. He, I mean, he really should have had about five texts. Yeah. <laughs> you see the one where he uh, fake punched, the air punched the, the ref? Like, he, he did that thing where, you know, he went to turn around and say something and, like, flexed on him and then, like, went did a little half air punch and then walked away. Obviously, the ref was nowhere around. It was more of a gesture. See, I missed that stuff because, you know, you're in Dallas. They're not going to show that on the replay. We didn't have a TV in front of us. Yeah. So, I, you know, a lot of stuff like that I miss sometimes live because if, it's, if we're on the road and it's, you know, in essence, a pro Kings play, yeah. they're not going to replay that on the big screen. Yeah. Like, we got no replay of Belly's shot last night in, in Houston. There was no replay <laughs> on the big screen. It was, thank you for coming. And, <laughs> so, so and you drive been, home safely. Are you familiar with um, Belly's post game yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Everyone made sure I saw Legendary that. Legendary yeah. status. But yeah, no, Luca. Like I said, um, I like him. He was excessive with the complaining on 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 Sunday night. That was that was eye opening for me. But I still like the guy. He's fine. But I also have another theory here, and I want to ask you about this and see if maybe you feel the same way. Kings have played the Mavericks four times now. Um, Luca is on four against the Kings, and while he hasn't been garbage, he hasn't been. MVP Rookie of the Year, Luka, against the Kings um, in those games. These guys like to say all the time, I don't listen to nothing, I don't talk, you know, I, it's just it's for the media and all this stuff. You sound crazy. The greatest player to ever play the game heard every single thing that was ever said about him and Michael Jordan, and he used it as fuel. If I'm a player, I'm look, I'm just that type of competitor. I'm listening to what you say, and I'm not going to get overwhelmed with it, but I'm taking note of everything. Do you think that there is something with Luka Doncic when he plays the Sacramento Kings where he, I think he really wanted to come to Sacramento and he wants to give it to the Kings and he actually underperforms. Like he, he kind of maybe psychs himself out a little too much. That's, that's what I'm reading into it after these four games. Cause I haven't seen him be like everything that we see on the highlights against the Kings in the four matchups. You think there's something to that or is it just an anomaly? I, don't, I, don't, I think it's just come on really honestly an anomaly. I don't think you know. I think I know the game last year in Sacramento. He was awful. He had an awful game, you know, there. And I just, I don't I I don't I, I don't think there's really much into it. Sometimes things are just kind of weird. I mean, this is also the same team that's lost to the Knicks twice, and you know that's <laughs> which. I don't know how any team in the NBA could lose to that. You know, maybe they're just not prepared to deal with multiple power forwards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I don't, you know, I don't, I, I think, you know, maybe there's a little bit of Luca wanting to show that, you know, show kind of what he could have been, but I think he's in a better situation. I think he's in a great situation. You know, you, he he got to Dallas. They turned the franchise over to him. That wasn't going to happen in Sacramento, which is one of the reasons why the Kings didn't take him. But I don't think there's really, I don't, I mean, because even with all they did to him uh, last, what was it, uh, on Sunday, he had a hell of a stat line by the end. 
it wasn't like he, you know, and when they made their run back, he's hitting threes, he's finding guys. So I don't think there's really a, I think sometimes it's just a weird matchup. And the one thing the Kings were able to do last year, they did it with De'Aaron. They did it with Corey. They put smaller, quicker guys on him. Guys who can stay in front of him, you know. And so even though Luka's very savvy, he can move left, you know, you know, he gets to his spots. It's a different type of matchup as opposed to him, you know, going to get to a guard more his size. So I don't think there's a whole lot. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, maybe if the if he goes like, you know, 0-10 against the Kings. You know, or, 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 or if we want to be positive here, we can say those guys play really hard against Dallas because they don't want their GM to look bad. I would go that way, too. I would go both ways. Like, if I was Luka and say Allen Iverson or uh, Michael Jordan was – well, Michael Jordan is an owner, so it could have been a possibility. But, like, those are my guys. And I don't want to say that Luka looked at Vladi like Michael Jordan. But, you know, there's history there, right? Like, he's a, yeah. he's a legend where he comes from. And I would want to play for Jordan or Iverson. And if they passed on me, I would want to give them the business every single time I played them. Like I, I take it some type of way. So, and then on the flip side, like you said, if I'm a Kings player, we talked about it last week with Marvin Bagley and all this other stuff. But if, if I'm a Kings player in general, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm I'm seeing something. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm oblivious to how people feel about Luca and us passing on all that. I see something, and when I play Luca, I'm gonna try and lock his ass up. I'm trying to give him the business. I think both of them are true, actually. Yeah, but I think even with the King side, I think I don't know. I just I, just, I don't know if those guys care about those guys. I mean, if it were Marvin, I'd be like, yeah, Marvin wants you would want this. Mm. But he, you know, but I, I think De'Aaron would be I, in that mix too. I think, and 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 he doesn't have no vitriol towards Luca, but I think De'Aaron is that type of competitor where he probably hears people saying, "Oh, we we passed on." Lucas, so we could keep fight. like even if it's two people who says that he hears the people saying it. I think Fox would go at him that way, and I think he did last yeah. year. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought he played well against him last year, and I, you know, but uh, hey, I don't care. I don't care what those guys think or feel. I don't know if Yogi uh, Ferrell feels that way though. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think. Yeah, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think Yogi's like, man, what's going on? You know, this is you know. I don't even think Bogey's that way. I mean, Bogey wanted Bogey would have loved to play with him. They know each other. They played together before. So, but I think uh, it doesn't really matter because, kind of honestly, no matter what they want to do in the game, there's no way they're ever Vladi's ever going to live down not taking Luca. No matter what, there's no way he's ever going to live that down. Like I said, like I said, uh, Marvin has to be like Tim Duncan. And De'Aaron's got to be his Tony Parker or, you know, their Shaq. You know, it's got to be something pretty epic for people to be like, you know what, we understand. Because right now and for the foreseeable future, no one's going to understand. And I've ex- I've explained it a million times. People still don't care. They think I'm a company man for explaining the logic. I'm like, I didn't say it was my logic. I'm telling you what they were thinking. Oh, there you go, sticking up for him. I said, I'm the most sticking up for uh, Vlade, L.A. guy ever. <laughs> But you know, Vlade was a Laker, so you know me. That was your guy. That was your guy. That was my guy. I was mad when they traded him. I said, "Why you trading him for this kid? This guy's my age. You trading Vlade for a guy my age? I was a stupid kid, obviously. This guy, (laughs) this guy going to prom with Brandy. Who who wants him? And his name is Kobe. Why why would you? Not even a real name. We ain't gonna like him in L.A. 
He's named after steak. What the what the hell is? That? I mean, I was I was not happy that Jerry West traded my boy Vlade. Yeah. Though so I, I I can admit that now. I was wrong. Right. You know, I was very wrong. So. <laughs> yes, I, I, yeah, would, I, I, would I guess say, yeah. I would say so. Yes, but you know the Luca thing. Like you said, I agree with you. It's never going anywhere. And while that is annoying, um, I think I would put Luka Doncic on that list. Players that will get the business by the by the Sacramento crowd if they play in the playoffs because of his what I saw on Sunday with the whininess. So right now that list is at Doncic and Booker. Those are two guys that will get the business by the crowd because just because they're whining nature. Okay, and we're we're a few years away from that. Well, probably I don't know. We might. That I, mean, would, I that don't know. Would, yeah, maybe the Suns won't make the playoffs this year. You're right. I mean, the Kings will, but you know, maybe the Suns won't make the playoffs. <laughs> We'll see. I'm the I'm the ultimate skeptic because I'm like I've seen enough here. I've I've seen them a game and a half out of eight and go ahead and say we hate George Carl or with a two and a half out and or you know we're not going to fire the coach. I've seen them a game and a half out of eight and trade their all stars. So yeah, I'm like okay. Well, speaking of, let's just go ahead. And I want to uh, I want to get to the Rockets game in a second. But did you see that clip last night of? Carl Anthony Towns, like, begging for the ball from Jeff Teague. Like, Teague was supposed to swing the ball. He looked off Carl no, Anthony Towns. And Towns is, like, with both hands out, like, give me the ball, give me the ball. And Teague just goes by him and goes to the – like, it was exhibit A for why, Jason, you talked about the, the Timberwolves aren't making the playoffs. Like <laughs> that, 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 that clip alone, I've never seen – I probably haven't seen anything like that from a successful team before. There's no way they're making the playoffs. Oh, Get them I thought you were going to say – I was just gonna say Carl Anthony Towns and Lizzo were talking. Hey, something, so. hey, I see you, I see you, cat, I see you, Lizzo. <laughs> yeah, you know everybody hitting me. Oh, oh, oh. You, you, you. she. Thought, I said no. She. I said remember her man was on the Minnesota Vikings, so she wants the Timberwolf now. Clearly, she got it. And then you saw the little interview where she's like, mm, she loved her some cat. Yeah, yeah, I saw mm-hmm. that. Lizzo gonna tear Lizzo that boy making, up. Lizzo was making news. Uh, she was on that news cycle for about twenty four hours with everything. For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> my favorite part of that is with someone spliced it up with her twerking, and then Kobe oh, leaving with his my family. Gosh. Bro, when <laughs> you retweeted Kobe that, I died. <laughs> And then Kobe does the look back like I'm so disgusted with what I've seen. <laughs> when he's walking the family out, bro. Oh, man. See, I died yeah, that's what we need that. at the Kings game. We need Lizzo with the game because we haven't had a celebrity at a Kings game in a while. I don't think. Not like, you know, I mean, not like a big time, like music person. Yeah. So, because I mean, the game last night, Rick, not Rick Ross, 50 Cent was there and 21 Savage. And I'm proud to say that I knew who 21 Savage was this time. There you go. Come First on, time man. I saw him in Atlanta, I was like, "Who is this little skinny dude? What is he saying?" Because he was like the he was like either the he was like the post game performance, and I was like, "Who?" I'm like, "21 what?" 21. His name was Twenty One Savage. I mean, it's a, it's that moment where you feel old, and you're yeah. like, "Man, I I've really lost touch." Yeah. I'm like. That yeah, boy, so yeah, that they, boy yeah. was wild when he first came out too. That was yeah, wild I'm sitting boy. there going he was saying some wild stuff. All I remember was I could tell they were trying to like alter the mic because he was saying things <laughs> they didn't want him to say, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know who this guy is, but apparently his lyrics were very offensive, and I probably should check him out. But I, I, I still didn't get, I still didn't really start listening to him until within the last year, though. Nah, Savage, I like Twenty One Savage, man. I, I, I liked him even in his crazy days. Like he had a. Uh, Forgot the name of the song, but it goes uh, "A Twenty One, Why You Going So Hard" or whatever. That song went so hard, man. I was like, "This dude's crazy," but <laughs> the beats is is ridiculous. So yeah, Twenty One. Shout out to him. Before we get back to the podcast, 
a word from one of our sponsors. Ever wonder how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. I'm a customer of StockX, and trust me, you will find all the shoes you're looking for. It's not easy for me, a guy who wears a size 14, but I've found all the shoes, my all my Jordans that I couldn't find on StockX. Looking to add the Air Jordan 1 Fearless UNC Chicago to your rotation, or maybe you're feeling nostalgic for a pair of Air Max 95s? You can find it all and more on StockX, sometimes even for prices lower than retail. StockX has an exciting offer for athletic listeners. Use promo code BBALL2019 for $20 off your next purchase. You can visit www.stockx.com slash bball for more information. You talked about the game last night in Houston. All right. Kings went on a buzzer beater from Bielitsa. We're going to dissect this just a little bit. I know you did the post 82, so we ain't got to do all the nuts and bolts. But there's some things that I just looked at. When I told you guys last week when we were on the, on the TRB, when I told you guys that there's no way they're winning in Houston, it was for a reason, okay? Like, this team, since James Harden has got there, all right, they, they have been dominated by the Rockets. They have lost, well, before last night, they lost 10 straight games in Houston. They hadn't even been close, a lot of them. All right, the nine times against the Houston Rockets in since Houston since uh since James Harden has got there, they've lost by twenty plus points. Two times they lost by thirty plus points. I had no optimism whatsoever, and for the for them playing the game that they played last night and then to win it on the buzzer beater, man, what a game in Houston! You were there. Your thoughts? Uh, a few things. First off. For all those people who keep posting these tweets about Corey Joseph's offense and he oh ranks God. this in points among qualified guards and <sighs> y'all need to shut the hell up. Period. I am sick of y'all. Do you not watch basketball? This includes people in the media too. Do you not watch the damn game? Do you not see what this man is doing? Game changer. Do you not see what he has taken upon himself every damn night? Listed at 6'3", I don't know if he's 6'3", because we're about the same height. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm definitely you not 6'3", and I'm like eye to eye with dude. Yeah, maybe 6'3", in shoes, I guess. I don't know, but still. The job he did on James Harden, I know people think he had 27. You realize James Harden averages damn near 39 a game. He was the key to those two wins, but you got a guy playing through the back pain, not 100%. Laying it all out there. And like I said, talking about, talking about a hell of a assignment. Look at this, this road trip. Damian Lillard, you know, and then you got the DeJounte, you know, the, the whole, you know, Spurs group. Then you go from that to Luka. Then you go that to James Harden. Oh, by the way, if James is not in the game, guess what? Russell Westbrook is still playing too. <laughs> yeah. Between and I am Luka so and sick James, of people. They're averaging like 70 points a game. <laughs> and he's tweeting at me about, well, we're, well, he's. He, he's not a reliable offensive option. Shut up. You sound stupid. It's ridiculous. It really I is mean, ridiculous. You, I mean, are you are you not watching the game? And, I mean, if you're watching the game, you would realize it ain't like they're losing, they were losing games because they were like, you know what, if we can just get 20 points from Corey Joseph, we'll be all right. Right. And, I mean, and I just, I, that's the job he did. That just, to me, I mean, there was a play that happened right in front of where we were sitting where he's, they ended up doubling James with a buddy. And, I mean, this the the discipline on defense. Hands up. Don't reach. Don't you know? Move your feet. 
don't you know don't get baited in and literally what James damn near did was lay down and throw the ball at the rim to try to get a foul right <laughs> the James Harden <laughs> special that's the James special right there <laughs> I said he wasn't even trying to shoot he just literally threw himself forward and they let him fall and I mean and so many guys get baited in and I said to me Corey and Rashawn what they have meant to this team defensively you know I, I guess you know People can understand Rashawn because Rashawn can get rebounds and he can block. So you, you can see stats. Right. And for all these so-called analytics people and smart people, they clearly can't watch a game and see how important – you know, if you're complaining about Corey Joseph, I'm sorry, you're dumb. If your complaint about the Kings right now is it's Corey Joseph, first off, he was not signed to play 30-something minutes a game, first Thank off. Thank you. Thank you. I said, I said, secondly, what he's given you, you have – I'll say this, I think what it is. Kings fans haven't seen defense in so long. When they see it, they're offended. Right. They're like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you not scoring? And it's why are like, you, you focused do really. on that. <laughs> they're like, duh. And like, we, we've been trained because last year we had such a great pace. We had such a great pace. Oh, my God. We had such a great pace. Jesus. We had such a great pace. It was so fun to watch. What is fun to watch about losing? <laughs> I don't Not care a damn score, thing, Jason. Not a the damn score, thing. The Wizards score a whole bunch of points, and they lose damn near every night. Yeah. Congratulations. That's so nice. I had to get that. I had to kind of get that off because I'm just so sick of people hating on Corey Joseph. Like he's, you know, the way he's held it down that spot to get the, the some of the weird messages and things I see about him. Are just, I, it, it, it boggles my mind. I'm like, you can't make some of you happy. Can't make you happy. Jason, it was needed to be said. I'm glad you went on the rant because I was feeling the same way. Because Corey Joseph, I mean, what he's been doing, what he's been asked to do in the absence of De'Aaron Fox, and the way he's produced, I mean, it's it's, it's high-level stuff. It's high-level stuff. You went down the matchups of, of who he's had to guard, and, and you combine that with the injury and all this other stuff. Please, like anything you get from Corey Joseph on the offensive end, the way I feel, is a plus. All right, Corey Joseph could go over five every game as long as he's playing the way he is. I'm good. I'm good. I'm. They went boxing one last night. <laughs> man, come on! If that don't if that don't tell you what it is, and I don't know what will. Like that man, he epitomizes his team. And I'm gonna use a Gorilla Monsoon reference. You know what I mean? Because it's one of my favorites. But this Kings team, we talked about, I talked about last week. I'm not going a bit away from it. You know, I, I think the, the the jig is up. The Calvary, you know, has gone as far as they can go. I, I love what they've done. But the bottom line is, these guys are tougher than a $2 stake. I mean, they, they are physically and mentally tough as a $2 stake. They are tough as nails. To be able, like you talked about it at the beginning, the locker room that you saw on Friday night, and to be able to bounce back, and win, in my opinion, the two hardest games on the road trip in a back-to-back setting, phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. I completely agree. And in talking to the guys, I'll tell you who they all point to about why they're so much tougher this year. Mm-hmm. Corey Joseph, mm-hmm. Trevor Ariza. I was going to say Trevor. And that's another one that people R- uh, get R- on Rashawn his head. Holmes. You ask those guys like Buddy and, you know, Bielitsa, but they always – they say adding those three guys gave them a level of grit and toughness they have not had. And that's that's rubbing off. It, you, you can see it. Like, I mean, Buddy is not Tony Allen. I mean, but there was no Bogey is not Tony Allen. Right. Neither one of them is Michael Cooper. But by God, <laughs> they try now. Right. They, I mean, 
They try now. Yeah. And it's because you got guys who tell them, you know, you this is unacceptable. It's unacceptable if you're not going to try to play defense, you know, and I, I'll give you an example, the uh, Portland game. Fans are like, oh, my God, why won't he just – why won't Luke just take Trevor out the game? He's he's letting his buddy Trevor do whatever he wants. Trevor was the only one who could defend C.J. McCollum. And I think people are so fixated on the offense. I mean, they scored 116 points that game and lost. You know, it, people get so fixated on, well, he's not scoring. There's, there's, a, there's a whole different side of the ball called defense, and if you don't play any of that, you suck. You will suck every year. and you, that's why I always tell people about this season. I thought the Kings could get better, but take a step back because there was going to be some growing pains, you know, because you remember last season, once the NBA figured out, if we just drop back in transition, these guys can't run a half court offense. They were done. They were finished. <laughs> they were absolutely finished after that. And people tried to thank you. They talk about pace and all that. Just get the ball. Even if you get scored on, just take it out. What are you talking about? Even if you get scored on, like what, what, what are you talking about? They literally couldn't run a half court offense. And everybody in the league knew it. Just get back. They can't do anything with that. And then when we get them in the half court, by God, they not going to stop a thing we do because they're going to be so worried about getting the ball back and running the other way. And so, yeah, I, yeah, but those three guys have meant a lot to this to that locker room. I mean, I think if you're if you're a guy like a buddy or, you know, you see Corey playing through that, taking on the toughest challenge, if you see the way Rashawn it's funny. I mean, I'm not a big let's bash Willie Cauley Stein guy because I like Willie, but Rashawn is doing everything they wanted Willie to do. You know, blitzing the ball. No, you know, and I'll, I'll add to that too. I got to give credit to the coaching staff. To me, there were too many times in the past where I just felt like they didn't try to do anything different. You didn't let a guy do what he wants all night. And you know, like I said last night, you throw a box and one out there. They they put it in that morning during film. They never run it in a game. You know, but. I love the fact they're willing to be creative. They say, you know what? We've got to do something different. We just can't sit there and let James get 50 on us. You know, if he's going to get 50, he's going to have to earn the 50. You know, or, you know, we're going to make Russell Westbrook beat us. Russ had a good game. He had a good game. The, sh- the three-pointer he hit to, to tie the game up, I mean, I know it was wide open, but Russ is a terrible three-point shooter. Like, yes, you, I'm you doing live that with all that. the time. You know what I'm saying? And he hit the shot. Like, you know what I mean? The, what you going to do? You know what I mean? That that's the play to make. And I agree with you. A lot of people get like it's turned into this whole thing where people get upset if you give Luke Walton credit or you or they get upset if you throw back into their face the nonsense they were saying after let alone the 0 5 start, the 0 2 start. You know, the things oh that they were God, saying. Oh my God, this was the worst decision ever. See, you see, know what I'm saying? See? So if you throw it back in their face, they really get upset. But uh, it, Luke has done a phenomenal job. 10 and 13 doesn't necessarily tell the whole story with the job that he's done with this team. I, I am thoroughly impressed. And this is coming from somebody who I didn't have any preconceived notions of Luke one way or the other. I didn't know if he was the right hire. I didn't know if he was a bad hire. I, I didn't know enough about him. But looking at what he's been able to do, keep this team together. And I talk about how mentally tough this is, this team is. That's a testament to what the coach is doing. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a testament to what Luke Walton and his staff is doing, how they are always keeping this team pretty much, aside from maybe the Chicago game, even killed. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. That's in between games. It's in the middle of games. We've seen it with comebacks, things of that nature. Like, 
I am thoroughly impressed with what Luke Walton has been and able he, to and do. And he'll take a chance like that Dallas game. I'm saying to myself, I even tweeted it. You got to get belly back and you need offense. But he says, you know what? I got to take a chance. I thought we needed some defense and some rebounding. We needed Rashawn in the game at that point. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't, it's just a hunch. If it doesn't work, it's on me. Right. And I can live I can live with that, you know, because everyone's going to second guess a coach. Yeah. And and like I said, you, 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 stuff like that. He sits De'Aaron and Buddy in a game. Yeah. You know, and I and the thing is, and here's what people don't understand about what about that. If that had happened last year, there'd have been like, why does the coach not like Buddy? <laughs> but what was clear now was that there's a relationship between the coach and the player mm-hmm. to where when that happens, these players know, and they've said it, they know it's not personal. Right. And I think in the past, you know, especially last season, guys wondered what Dave were things done to them. Was it personal? Right. Like when, like in the preseason, when he puts four seven footers out there for a game, <laughs> like okay, so you're gonna say, so you're gonna screw with me because you don't like the roster. You're gonna put four seven footers on the floor at the same time to prove a point. Right. Thanks, coach. Right. You know, so the guys don't feel like that, and you know, I think I say. Uh, you know, I don't know what our language rules on the podcast are, so I'll go Mick Just Foley say and say, it. say it. He's, he's used great <laughs> testicular fortitude. <laughs> Think about this. Not only did he sit down Dwayne Dedman, who, you know, one of their big, you know, money acquisitions, Dwayne ain't played the last two games. Mm. Belly's getting the backup five minutes. And mm. when Marvin does get back, I don't know where Dwayne plays. I don't either. I really don't. And. For him to do that, I mean, if people would have just said, just keep trotting him out there, you know, people would have been like, okay, you know, well, we get it. They paid him a lot of money. I mean, he's there. I, I commend Luke. I commend the organization for, for getting off of that, hey, he's a young guy or we like this guy. He needs to play and develop. No, make these guys earn their damn minutes. Mm-hmm. He's Rashawn beat him out. Yeah. Rashawn beat him out. You know, and like I said, to me, this is great for De'Aaron and Marvin to watch. Yeah. Yeah, because when I think Marvin, when he gets back, whenever he does, I mean, we, we can touch on Marvin before we get out of here. Marvin knows he got to play. Ain't mm-hmm. no one giving Marvin anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, you know, if Belly's gonna play well and you're not Marvin, guess what, Marvin, you will watch. And I and I think that's that's the type of culture you need to build if you're gonna eventually become a good team. And and if you look at that that game, that celebration, there was not one guy who was not into the celebration. There wasn't, you know, there there wasn't a guy sitting back going, oh, you know, they were all into it. They were all happy for each other. So you can see and feel the culture becoming real. And it's becoming real, not just because of the players. I think because there is a connect between players and coach. And in the years past, there were players, there was a connect between players and assistant coaches. You know, guys love, you know, Larry Lewis. They love Jason. They love those guys. Tick, they love those guys. But there was not a connect between the players and and the head coach. And that was that was obvious to anyone who had eyes. You know, unless you were one of those people who were so enthralled with, oh my God, they won their winning games. If you paid any damn attention, it was clear those guys did not like him. Right. And it, and, so, and, and that's the problem, people haven't paid attention. They just go with what they just go with whatever. They haven't paid attention. Now Yeah, I'm, yeah. I will say So this. I guess I guess I guess okay, go ahead. No, Sorry. I, I just wanted to say this, Jason, because everything you're saying is right. And I want to I want to take the time, all right, to acknowledge something. Now we've gone on this podcast a number of times. Everybody knows I'm a Niners fan. Everybody knows you're a Raiders fan. Niners, we all saw what happened in New Orleans. Niners are 11 and 2. You see me walking around the streets like D'Lo Brown. You know what I'm saying? You see the walk. You know what I mean? You see what I'm doing out here. One of the greatest games 
I've ever seen in a long, long time. Followed up the next night by, I don't want to say one of the greatest games because the Bogdanovich win against the Lakers was probably, you know, higher, whatever the case may be. But Belly hitting that shot at the buzzer in Houston in a situation like that. One of the great moments in recent history with the Kings. So it got me thinking, as a Niners and Kings fan, what was the last time I had a great 24-hour span like this? And Jason, this is true. It's sad, but it's true. <laughs> Never. I went, I went well, there, it has happened. So, Like, literally like once. But it has happened, okay? I went all the way back to January of 2002. January 5th. Jesus. The, the San Francisco 49ers win that wild card game against the Giants where they make the comeback and all this other stuff. That same day, the Kings beat the Heat in Sacramento 96 to 70 to go to 25 and 9 on the season. That was the last time. That was literally the last and time. Even, 2002. Then, even then, that wasn't nearly as good because it wasn't like that was a great, right? Like, it was just a exciting win, win. Right? Like, it was just beating the 2 Heat. That, yeah, that's just a win. Yeah, so, it was yeah, just a win. You know. And well, congratulations. Uh, I, said, I said 2000. You know. It was still, so we're we're talking like 17, 18 years ago, right? Now I want to be fair here. I want to be fair because not all people here in Northern California are just Kings and Niners fans. Most of them are. It's it's our country, but you know whatever. Um, but we do have some scattered Raider fans out there. So if you're a Kings and Raiders fan, you're in the same boat. You haven't had a moment, a 24-hour span this good since 2003. And I went to January 19th at the Oakland Coliseum, and it's apropos because the last game ever in Oakland is taking place on Sunday. But January 19th, the, the Raiders win the AFC championship game to go to the Super Bowl. They beat the Titans. The next night, the next night, the Kings beat the Warriors 102 to 80 to go to 30 and 11. It has been insane that I haven't been able to be this happy. And a lot of people in Northern California haven't been able to be this yeah. happy in it's, a 24 hours span a in a long time. You know, but if, if, if you want to throw a Warrior fan, well, we're not going to throw, we're not going to give. Throw warrior well, fans look, I did. I I did my research. I do my homework. I don't always do homework, but when I do it, I do my homework. Now, the difference with them is the Warriors and the Niners were good in 2012, so they probably had a night like this before, right? Yeah, it, a good point. A good so point, they yeah. they they had some some lining of stars, you know, what seven years ago or something like that. This only work. This only works if you use the Kings. Yes, they're the common denominator in in the in the long drought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Bia, before we get up out of here, I want to touch on Marvin Bagley. I talked to him uh, Saturday at practice, you know, working hard for you Kings fans. I was the only member of the media at practice on Saturday, you know, getting some, trying to get some insight for you on what's going on with Marvin. Well, Jason, but and, I don't want to, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it, it sounded like a one-on-one sit-down last night with you and Luke Walton after the game. <laughs> I mean, well, was, was anybody no else No one there? else wanted to ask a damn question. It was, it was, I mean, it was 60 minutes with Jason Jones. I mean... I love it. I love it. I'm supporting my I mean, everyone's just sitting there. You. Everyone's just sitting there, just getting. Just, <laughs> I almost didn't want to ask it. I'm like, y'all got anything you want to add? <laughs> I said, look at my man, Jason. My my uh, fiance. We're sitting there watching the post game. She's like, is that Jason? I was like, yeah, my man, getting that one on one exclusive interview. It sounds like out there in the post game. <laughs> everyone's just standing there, like, okay, Jason. I'm like, if no one else wants to talk, <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'll keep talking. Shout out to my man, one of the hardest working men in the game. I see you, man. But go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you. Just want to mean I heard you out there. I heard you. 
Yeah, I talked to Marvin, and I was kind of it was kind of interesting hearing some of the the replies back to that conversation I had with Marvin. Mm. Basically, what Marvin said was he doesn't have the full strength in his thumb that was broken, mm. and he doesn't want to play until it's right because he says right now there's certain movements, you know, dribbling the ball, holding the ball certain ways. He can't do them the way he he did before he got injured. Mm. And I've noticed some uh, fans have taken exception to that. They don't like that. They feel like Marvin was cleared for contact. That does not mean he was going to play right away. Right. You know, and people forget. He couldn't use his thumb for damn near six weeks. He couldn't use it. I challenge anyone out there, and I feel like I'm this is King's Apologist Day for me, but I challenge anyone out there to not to have their thumb immobilized or wrapped up and not be able to fully use it from now until, I don't know, January 15th. Take that uh, wrap off their hand and then just go and try to go right. When you haven't used the thumb, just do it. Just try it. You know, I, and I mm. think maybe guys like Kobe have ruined people because Kobe would play with, you know, his thumb, his bone sticking out his hand probably. Right. You know, but I, I, I was literally surprised at some of the, uh, the hate that Marvin was getting about. Come on, man. What do you mean you're not ready? Come on, man. Don't you want to play against Luca? Are you scared of Luca? Yeah, they said uh, he was I mean, I, Luca. Come on, man. Yeah, I was like, I said, I said, come on, y'all. I said, y'all can't do it. I said, y'all the same people who, who accuse Lonzo of being afraid of Fox. Now you're saying your own guy well, is afraid of Luca. That was a fact. Oh no! Nah, I mean, one time, for God's sake, the man <laughs> did like the man had a grade three ankle sprain, and someone was like, "Oh, look at him! He's afraid." I'm like, I don't think he did that to his ankle on right. purpose. It's, it's, I think it was like two games before, like his his uh, ankle bone banged on the hardwood floor, and they said said he was duking. <laughs> he He's was afraid of him, and like I said, the one the, the 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 one infamous ducking situation in summer league. We remember who the best point guard was by the end of that game was right. Stop it. It was Alex first Caruso. All, it was Alex first Caruso. All, first of all, he was like was 23. Alex Caruso. Going, he was 23 going up against uh I don't give a damn. I, I'd I don't be care. damn to some 18-year-old when care. I'm 23 years old. He was an undrafted 23-year-old. He was undrafted. He was undrafted with a hairline, with a, with a similar <laughs> hair like mine. I don't care. He was 23. Undrafted. Definitely wasn't De'Aaron, the best. Yeah, and Lonzo still gave, not, him, gave him work before he got hurt himself. No, he, no, he didn't. He had like not eight really. points in, in five minutes. But it, the, but who was left standing? AC Fresh, hey. Alex Caruso, the great. AC Fresh, this guy, <laughs> this guy, Caruso, the great. My man got a mural in LA. Yo, man, I, don't getting, Kawhi, I don't think Kawhi. I don't think Kawhi. I don't think Kawhi and PG got a mural. Are we gonna get a uh, stay? AC signs all over Los Angeles when he's a free agent. AC ain't leaving. AC ain't leaving. AC's the new Della Vadova. He gonna ride LeBron. Wherever LeBron go, he like, I'm riding with LeBron. I'm gonna get me this ring. I'm gonna ride with this dude. He's like, man, I was I was playing for the South Bay Lakers last year. I ain't stupid. <laughs> Real talk. Real talk. Yeah, so but I mean I but yeah, I, I I do think there's a good chance Marvin will try to play this week, you know. I mean, to me. The ideal game would be the Knicks. I mean, mm-hmm. they they're they're awful, and they've got plenty of power forwards to practice against. I mean, <laughs> I, need college, I need to stop. I need to stop making fun. Power forward, you. you know I need to stop making fun of the Knicks. DBU, but I mean, they'd be power forward, it's, it's, you. It's so it's so. I mean, they're so easy to laugh at, though. I mean, I don't want to. Like I said, I know Scott Perry. I like Scott Perry, the GM. He was in Sacramento for a brief time, but. Man, how are you going to – And you know that hurts because, like it's been said many times before, 
Like, I love for the Knicks, so it hurts me to see what's going on with them. But they're an absolute train wreck. They are a slump buster. They are a get-right game. So you're right. A glorified scrimmage. You know what I'm saying? What they play simulated games in practice, this would be a simulated game. I say, you know, you can get Marvin in there and get his cardio in, you know. You know get, you know, All jokes aside, that is literally the perfect game for him to come in. I mean, I would even say Wednesday, but Friday is definitely the game. It would be a week since he was cleared for contact, too. You know, because Saturday was the first time he'd even played three on three. Mm. So, I mean, it makes sense that it would be the Knicks and then, you know, the Knicks. And then, well, I mean, and then, sorry, Brian. Sorry, Brian, because you got the other slump buster coming up on Sunday. He could get Warriors. two practice games before they go on the road. Facts. Facts. This is literally the perfect situation. <laughs> he could get two scrimmages in and then go play some real games <laughs> on the East Coast. Oh, man, my Warrior friends are going to be on my head today. <laughs> I mean, my man, my man, I, I, my man, Logan Murdoch. He works for you know the the other NBC company. He had tweeted something about D'Angelo, you know, dr- you know, with with dimes on the court, and I had replied and said, "You saying D'Angelo's dropping a dime again?" I'm like, he's like, "You're so rude." I'm like, "You can't, you can't leave me a layup like that." I was on one last night. I was on one. <laughs> I was a little slow there, but D'Angelo dropping a dime. <laughs> <laughs> he said he got dimes. I'm like, just say D'Angelo had an assist. Let's not, let's not, let's not do that to D'Angelo. That's not right. Just, just say D'Angelo had a nice assist. You know, I mean, come on, man. That, but was, this stuff, that was a this, layup. That was a layup. The, stu- the stuff writes itself, and you know, like I said, Kings fans, let's be nice to Marvin. Let's be nice. You know, let's give the man a chance to get back on the court and. Please. I think Brian wants us to get ready to wrap this up anyway because he's gonna be and you know he's gonna probably cut out all this warrior talk. You know, gonna and leave that forty nine or so in there. I know that much. He's he gonna leave that forty nine yeah, yeah, talk in there. Yeah, and, and we'll just eliminate the Raiders <laughs> stuff. I'm I'm hurt right now. Uh, I'm I'm on I'm on to Vegas. I'm on to Vegas. I'm I'm ready for Vegas. So uh, real real quick, twenty like twenty seconds, literally. So you're not gonna be able to go to the last game of the Coliseum. Would you have gone if you? Because they're playing in San Francisco that night, so well, I would have gone. Could get I there. gone. You're going? No, I can't. No, no, I'm not going. No. I would have gone if they went with a working. I'm, I'm a season ticket holder. I would have gone. Game will be over at four. Game for the Kings is at what six? It, it wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. Would you, you take a seat? Change. Would you bring your uh, Black and Decker uh, tool set and take a seat? <laughs> seats are I'm glad green. you didn't incriminate yourself six nine style uh, on, yeah, the, on the the, the seats and, and the seats are and the seats are green. I'm going to do it a green seat. I will be at Allegiant Airlines Field or whatever it's called. I will be in Vegas. Told my girl already. We are going to be in Vegas. It's going to be, we're going to have the best fan experience. It's going to be great. You can go gamble. So so will the uh, 13,000 visiting fans that come for every game. They'll have a great fan experience as well. That you want to talk about LA, the Rams games being a destination. Vegas will be just like every Rams game you see right now. I don't care. I don't care. I'm gonna be in Vegas. I'm gonna be you'll be you'll be lucky I make it to the game. Uh, you know, you, you, you know, so, you know, some of my fellow Raider fans, you know, from what I understand, you know, they like to partake in some of the legalized uh, medication, yeah. which is legal in Vegas. They, 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 they got that. They got that. You got casinos. You got liquor. It's going to be a, it's going to be a hell of a time. So let me get out of here before I incriminate myself <laughs> and people start thinking I'm doing stuff. You know, I don't you know, get y'all out of my damn business. So. So, yes, we're out of here. 
Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? Yes, I'm Meek Mill for the next 24 hours running around that corner uh, as he was released from prison because then the Kings went 2-2 two and two on his four-game road trip. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, okay. And I'm Jason Jones getting out of here before I uh, imply or let people think that I have certain off-work activities that I'm looking forward to engaging in when the Raiders play in Vegas. Of course I wouldn't do that. <laughs> So uh, this is Jason Jones. And this is Kenny Caraway, man. Y'all be good. <laughs> All right. <laughs>